All right. Well, if you want to turn to Romans chapter 6 and hold your place there, uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 14 here in just a couple of minutes. Have you ever gone through a period in your life, this is really a rhetorical question, where because I, I know you all have, where you were under intense pressure for a prolonged period of time? All right, let's not make it rhetorical. How many of you have gone through a period of your life where you were under intense pressure for a long period of time? All right, no more water. This happens to me every week, and it, and it keeps ending up back up here. <laughs> um, so, so many of you have had that uh, experience. You know, it might have been an especially difficult work project uh, that, that just took, you know, weeks or months and long hours to, uh, to complete it, and you just felt the pressure uh, of that. Uh, maybe it was when you were in college, and you were going to school full-time, and you were also working full-time. And keeping up with both of those things just put a tremendous amount of pressure on you, and you just felt really weighted down by all of it. It could be any number of things, but you know that feeling when after the period of intense pressure, that then the pressure is relieved, maybe the project was completed, you graduated, and now you're down to just the job instead of the job and school, whatever it might have been in your case, but you know that feeling where the pressure is finally off, you are free from that responsibility, and you just have this overwhelming sense of relief and freedom. Have you had that experience? Yeah, I see some of you uh, nodding your heads. Years ago, I applied to manage a high-rise apartment building in Chicago, and it was a cooperative, and so I had to interview with like a 20, 25 person uh, board of directors uh, residents that lived in the building. And uh, I did so on a Friday evening, and it was after having already interviewed with the owner of the management company. And I sat in front of this, you know, rather large board of people really from all over the world. Many of them didn't speak English very well. And uh, it was just kind of an intimidating environment. And I was at a time in my life when I felt like I really needed something to go my way. You know, I, I just kind of needed a break. And uh, so the combination of the interview pressure and the pretty intense desire that I had to, to be offered this job, to be selected, it all added up to feeling pretty heavy for me. And I remember the feeling that I had when late Friday night after the interview with that co-op board, the owner of the management company called me to inform me that the board had voted soon after I had left and they wanted me to come and manage their building. And I, I went to sleep that night in my hotel with this huge weight lifted off of my shoulders, just this, this feeling of relief. And I woke up the next morning and I took a drive north on Lakeshore Drive with the lake on my right and the skyline on my left and the sun was out, just as brilliant as you could imagine it ever being. And it was just this wonderful sense of relief and freedom, weight lifted off of my shoulders, everything right with the world. I accepted the job, and then two weeks later, when I was within like five days of needing to start, I called and told them I had changed my mind. It was one of the worst phone calls I've ever had in my life, because once I delivered the message, there was no sound on the other end of the phone. Are you still there? <laughs> so that was an interesting thing, but at least I got a good feeling out of it, so there was that. <laughs> You know, the company was left in a bad spot, but I got a good feeling, so 
so I was still okay with the deal. <laughs> All right. For, uh, for over 100 years, Cubs fans have been weighted down by the pressure of the curse. You guys know about this. And then, this past week, they win the World Series and the, the pressure is lifted. These long-suffering fans feel like a weight has been taken off of them. They have experienced freedom from the curse. And maybe you've been working a long time to pay off debt. And, and, and you remember when you made that uh, last payment and you finally had achieved debt-free status, you know the overwhelming feeling of relief and freedom that came with that. Maybe you called Dave Ramsey's show and screamed freedom into the radio aloud. When the pressure is off, when the responsibility is lifted, when the weight is removed, freedom is a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful feeling. Friends, what happens when we come to faith in Jesus Christ is that Christ sets us free. The, the weight of sin that we have carried around our whole lives gets lifted off of us. The curse that sin is gets removed from us. The slavery to habits that are detrimental to us and those around us, the power of those things gets broken in our lives. We get set free from the bondage to sin, the slavery to sin. Christ sets us free. It is a spiritual reality that occurs when we sincerely acknowledge that we are sinners in need of a Savior. We recognize that Jesus is that Savior, and we turn to Him in faith and ask Him to become our Savior. He does, and He sets us free. And everyone who comes to Him in faith like that, Jesus says that in response to placing their faith in him, they should be baptized. And today in our service, we are having a couple of baptisms. And Jesus says everyone who comes to faith in him should be baptized. It is one of two ordinances, two sacraments that Christ committed to his church. The word baptize literally means to immerse. That's why we have a lot of water here. Because... Baptism means to immerse in water. And when we properly understand baptism, we find out why Jesus does this, why he commands baptism. We find out that at least in part, it is to reinforce the spiritual reality of what has occurred in the person's life when they came to him in faith and received salvation. It is to drive the truth of what's happened deeper into their spirit by doing this physical act that represents and reinforces the spiritual uh, reality that has already occurred. Somewhat similar to how a wedding ring is a symbol of love and a reminder of the commitment to love, Baptism is a symbol of the spiritual reality that occurred when we received Christ as Savior. And it is a reminder uh, of the fact that we can point to this throughout the rest of our lives. It's a reminder that we can point to throughout, throughout the rest of our lives and reassure ourselves of the reality of what occurred when we came to faith in Jesus. And so one of the great benefits of baptism is that it drives into our spirit the reality that Christ has set us free 
from our past life of sin. And today in our second service, we're uh, privileged to be baptizing two people, Megan and uh, JT uh, Brown, uh, mom and uh, son. And uh, they're over here. There they are. Yeah. We're going to be baptizing them here in just a little while. And uh, for them, the words that we're going to read in Romans 6 and this message today, it's an explanation and a celebration of what's about to happen for them. And then for those of us who have already been baptized, here's what I'm hoping you'll do with this message, because if you've been baptized, I realize it's very easy for you now to just kind of tune me out that you figured out I'm talking about baptism today, but you shouldn't do that. Because for those of us who have already been baptized, this should serve as a reminder, and maybe it's a much needed reminder for us, of the reality of what Christ has done in our lives. And hopefully it will fill our hearts again with gratitude for the freedom that Jesus brings us. And then there's a third group of people here today that I'm hoping perhaps this message will impact, and that is that there are some of you here today who no matter how often we have appealed, you have persisted in not being baptized. You're a believer, but you've not been baptized. And respectfully, the Bible doesn't know anything about this. This does not compute with the Bible. It doesn't compute with God that someone would be a believer and not be baptized. And yet we have a number of you here who are believers, but for some reason you have not yet chosen to be baptized. And so I'm hoping that this message will serve as yet another appeal to you to consider being baptized. In fact, we're going to cover enough material here today about baptism that even though you didn't attend the baptism class, if you decide that you want to be baptized during this message and you have placed genuine faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, we will baptize you today. And if you've gone very long at all as a believer without being baptized, I just encourage you, you ought to be baptized. And I hope that this message shows you why it would be so beneficial for you. Beyond being beneficial for you, it's really a matter of obedience to Jesus, which in itself has its own benefits. Uh, So anyway, here's what we find in Romans 6, 1 through 14. I'll read, you follow along as I do. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. 
and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you're not under the law, but under grace. So the sixth chapter of the book of Romans lets us know some things that happen in baptism that make baptism very important for us, make baptism very beneficial, make, uh, help us understand why baptism can be a very liberating thing. First of all, we find that in baptism, we identify with Christ's death. Verse 3, all of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Verse 4, we were therefore buried with him through baptism. Verse 5, we have been united with him in a death like his. When we are lowered under the water in baptism, when we're, when we're dunked, as is the common vernacular about baptism these days, what we're doing is we're identifying with Christ in his death. And there's a reason that we're doing it. Verse 6, for we know the old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Verse 11, count yourselves dead to sin. When we go under the water, we're identifying with Christ in his death. When we came to him in faith, we had to die to ourselves. We had to take up our cross and agree to follow him. And so by definition, coming to Christ in faith is crucifying ourselves and dying. That's what faith is. We say no to ourselves and yes to God. We're wrong. God's right. I'm going to die to me and I'm going to live to him. That's what faith is. And so in baptism, we are symbolically burying the old self who has been crucified and died. We are burying the person that we used to be before we received Jesus Christ as our Savior. In baptism, we bury that sinful person who was under condemnation and who was powerless against sin. So if you've been able to acknowledge that you have been living your life in a sinful way, and you recognize that that brings us, sin brings us under the condemnation of God, here's what we do in baptism. We acknowledge that that person is dead and we bury them. That old person under condemnation is dead and gone. And baptism drives this spiritual truth into our consciousness. Christian who was baptized years ago, your baptism should serve as a milestone in your life. It, it, it is a memory that you can always return to in order to be reminded of what God has done for you, to be reminded that the person you were before coming to Jesus in faith, the person you were who was under judgment and separated from God, that person is dead and buried. That person is gone. Now, we might act like that person sometimes, but we're not that person. That person is dead and gone. Those of you being baptized today, you are burying the sinful person who was separated from God because of sin. 
That person you used to be is dead and gone. This has already happened for you spiritually when you put your faith in Jesus. But baptism drives the truth deeper into your spirit, allows the reality to come alive to you. Not only do do we identify with Christ's death and baptism, uh, we also identify with Christ's resurrection. We identify with his resurrection life in baptism. Verse 5. For we, if we have been united with him in a death like his, we'll certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Verse 8, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Verse 9, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. Verse 4, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So when we go under the waters of baptism, it signifies identity with Christ's death burying the person we used to be, when we rise up out of the water, it signifies unity with Christ's resurrection. The the new creation that we have been made in Jesus comes to life. Again, this happens spiritually already, but baptism symbolizes it. It reinforces it. It deepens our awareness of our new life reality. And so in baptism, we bury who we used to be once and for all. That sinful person we were dies and is buried and is gone. And we rise as new creations in Christ Jesus. When you receive Christ, when you come up out of the waters of baptism, it's important to understand this. You are not coming up out of baptism as a reformed version of your old self. You are arising from baptism a totally new creation in Christ. You're a new person. This is the spiritual reality of all who have placed their faith in Jesus. And baptism helps make this real to us. It's an outward demonstration of the inward reality that makes the inward reality more certain, more real in our minds. Those who have been baptized already, it's a milestone you can always return to in your memory and and remind yourself when you need to, I'm a new person. The person I used to be is dead and gone. And the new person I am is now the one that's living. You know, sometimes the enemy of your soul will try to tempt you toward despair for sin and failure in your life. And when that happens, baptism serves a wonderful purpose because we can point back to our baptism and we say, no, no, this this condemnation that the enemy is trying to put on me, I'm not going to receive that because I remember when I was baptized. I remember what that meant. I, I buried the old person that I used to be. I buried the person who was under condemnation. I'm not that person anymore. I am a new person. It's the same for those of you being baptized today. A new person rises from the water. So we identify with Christ's resurrection life. In all that means, a new quality of life in the here and now, an eternal life with Jesus. Resurrection life changes our present, and it changes our eternal future. 
And here's one of the ways that Christ's resurrection life changes our lives. When we bury the old person, when we rise from baptism a new person, we are set free from sin. We're set free. The weight of it is lifted. The bondage to it is lifted. Verse 6, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Verse 11, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Paul tells us that dead people aren't slaves to sin. There aren't any dead people doing any sinning, folks. Once you die, the sinning stops. We have died to sin. We've buried that person that used to sin. We're no longer slaves to the curse and penalty of sin. We're no longer slaves controlled by sin. We're no longer people unable to say no to sin. Baptism emphasizes to us that we are free from the curse of sin, we are free from the penalty of sin, and we are free from the control of sin. And this is why Jesus commanded baptism. At least in part, he commanded it because he knew how effective it was at drilling these truths into our spirits. Our old self is dead and buried. We're now new people in Christ. People who are free from sin. As free as free can be, the weight of sin is gone and we are fully alive in Jesus. This is a greater freedom than that feeling you get when a big project is over. It's a greater freedom than when you graduate from college and now you can just focus on your job and your schedule's easier. It's, it's a greater freedom than that. It's a greater freedom than working real hard to get out of debt. Because here's the truth. There is no heavier weight that human beings ever bear than the weight of their sin. And there is nothing better than being set free from sin's curse, penalty, and control. So if you've really had a revelation of the gravity of sin and of your own sinfulness, and I'll be bold enough here to say that if you've come to faith in Jesus, you had to have had that. It's really impossible, I believe, to recognize your need of a Savior without first recognizing I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. And so if you've come to faith in Jesus, you had to at some point in time dealt with the gravity of sin, how, how big a deal it actually is, and come face to face with your own sinfulness. And so if you have had that experience, if you have come to that reality, then freedom from the weight of that sin is an amazing thing. It is such a, a wonderful feeling to, to have that lifted off of us. And what baptism does is it helps you experience the reality of the freedom that Christ has provided for you. And this is the truth for every Christian. This is our reality. As real as real can be. Before God, 
We are not who we used to be. We are the new person that Jesus has made us. We're a new person who is free from sin's curse, penalty, and control. Through Christ's death and resurrection, the reign of sin has ended in our lives. There is a new ruler on the throne of our hearts. And here's how we spend the rest of our lives until Christ returns or until our deaths. We've been set free and now we are called to live like who we are. We're called to live like the free people that Jesus has made us. Verse 1, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Verse 11, count yourselves dead to sin. Verse 12, don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Verse 13, don't offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Verse 14, for sin shall no longer be your master because you're not under the law, but under grace. God's grace sets us free from sin and then God's grace empowers us to live like the free people that he has made us. And here, baptism helps us yet again. Much like the wedding ceremony and the vows we took there remind us to keep our covenant with our spouse when we might be tempted to break it. So baptism reminds us of our identity with Christ in his death and resurrection, reminds us that Christ has made us free and that now we have a responsibility to live like the free people that we are. And so if you've been baptized previously, I encourage you to let these things be a reminder to you today of the reality of what Christ has done for you and the freedom that he has provided for you, the freedom that you have in him. And I encourage you today, if you need to, to allow this to be a reminder of your responsibility to live like the free person that he has made you. For those of you being baptized today, this is what you're doing. And if you approach it with these things as the focus of your thoughts, it will increase the meaningfulness of your baptism. Folks always have a choice when they enter the waters of baptism as to how they're going to experience it. You, you can experience it this way, by focusing all of your thoughts on the particulars of the baptism. I'm getting in a tub of water in front of a bunch of people. This is awful. I don't want to be dunked. The temperature might not be good. It might be really cold. I don't think it is. I actually think it's pretty nice. I don't like these people looking at me. There are all these distractions that can, can tempt us away from the meaning and the beauty and the benefit of baptism. So we can enter baptism that way. Or we can enter it the way, you know, like you've probably seen kids on YouTube that cannonballed into their baptism. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Not cute. Goofy. Ridiculous. Honestly, if, if, if that's what baptism is to us, you know, a, a chance to, 
you know, cannonball and think about the fact we're wet, we, we probably just should not even bother. I don't know if I thought about that statement more, if I would agree with it or not, but I, I think I do. I, I, I think we probably just shouldn't bother if that's the way we do it. But if we enter the waters of baptism understanding what it is and understanding why God commanded it and the spiritual benefit that it is, friends, it can be a liberating experience. And for those of you getting baptized today, I hope that's what it is. I hope it's a liberating experience, one that just emphasizes for you that the weight of sin is gone The old person who was under condemnation is dead and gone, and you're a new creation in Jesus Christ. And for those of you here today who need to be baptized and you've not made that decision, I just appeal to you one more time, Christ does not command this for no reason. He commands it because it is for your good. That's the reason for all of God's commands. You know, the the Ten Commandments aren't meant to, like, ruin your fun, they're, they're, they're meant to help you live life well, to help you get the most out of life. It's the same thing with the command of baptism. It's, it's not for God just to prove he can boss you around. It's because there is benefit that comes from this. It's for your good. You need these spiritual realities just branded on your spirit. You, you need them driven deep into your spirit. And baptism does that. And besides how beneficial it is to you personally, as I mentioned earlier today, it is a matter of obedience to Jesus. When he tells us to do something and we say no, it's disobedience. This is a matter of obedience to Jesus, which itself is beneficial. And so you really ought to be baptized. And if you've been here very long and you've heard our appeals for baptism a few times now and you've heard this message and you still refuse to get baptized, I give up. I cry, uncle, you win, but it's to your detriment. And so I hope, I hope that even if you can't get yourself to do it today, which I hope you will, but even if you can't, I hope that the next time we have a baptism, you say, I am going to do this because Jesus commanded me to and because I recognize that he commanded it for my good. He wants me to experience the freedom that he has provided for me. And this helps me to realize the freedom that I have in Christ. Why don't you stand